This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. This is the Mark Madden Unfiltered Podcast from the Bet Rivers Network. Welcome and hello again, everybody. This is the Mark Madden Unfiltered Podcast. I am Mark Madden, the founder of The Feast, and it's time to say the same crap over and over again. Mitch Trubisky played better, but Pickett should start as soon as he's cleared from concussion protocol. That's what the citizens think, and... That's what Mike Tomlin thinks. He said it uh, today, Tuesday, during his press conference. Tomlin's a great coach because he pulled an upset at home against Tampa. Okay, but what about the loss at home versus the Jets when the Steelers were favored? That doesn't strike me as an example of him being a great coach. And even though the Steelers are 2-4, and four, they're only one game out of first place in the AFC North, a division that was supposed to be good but is not. The NFL's not so. The New York Jets and New York football giants are combined 9-3. and three. A lot more NFL games are bad than good. Denver committed 151 yards worth of penalties on Monday night. Yikes. Philadelphia 6-0 and is the best team. Minnesota is 5-1 and one and Kirk Cousins will be the MVP. Green Bay is 3-3, three and, three and Aaron Rodgers is in the tank. Let's all go get some ayahuasca. Tom Brady is 3-3, three and, three and Tom Brady's dedication has disappeared, along with his wife. You know who's going to win the AFC South? I don't know, but somebody has to. And moving back closer to home, there's plenty of stories within the Steelers. Chase Claypool was a factor versus Tampa, but Pickens and Deontay were not. Kevin Dotson is getting death threats on social media. Welcome to my world, Junior. Deontay and Trubisky are arguing at halftime. That was back in the Jets game. And Ron Cook from the Post-Gazette is reporting that was the reason that Tomlin made the switch to Kenny Pickett. We'll talk more about that in a few minutes. Chris Boswell is putting Matt Canada on blast. And Boswell's just the kicker. The kicker needs to shut up. Josh Jackson shut down Mike Evans in the Tampa game, and I'm not even sure who Josh Jackson is. Like I said earlier, the Steelers are in the hunt in the AFC North somehow, but to prop that up, you need to win at Miami. That's the next game. The Steelers are seven-point underdogs at the Bet River Sportsbook, but you're at Philadelphia the next game, and you got one more. You got to win one more before the bye week, and it ain't going to be Philadelphia, so you got to beat Miami. I'm just amazed the Steelers won without T.J. Watt. Finally. Let's now welcome to the program my co-host Tom Offerman. Tom, what's your take on the Steelers quarterback situation? Because God knows we could fill the whole friggin' podcast 
talking about that. And we just might. I think it's exactly what they should do. As soon as Pickett clears the concussion protocol, throw him back in there. Yes, Mitch played better than Kenny did, better than any quarterback we've seen in that second half against Tampa Bay. I think he might be the better quarterback right now. But Mark, as we said last week, wins and losses don't really matter anymore for this season. I know you get a little bit propped up because the standings are wonky and you got a big upset win, but in the long run, you got to look big picture, and it doesn't matter. Squeaking into the playoffs should not matter. Yeah, but I think they're thinking as if they could split the difference. I think they're thinking like the season is still up for grabs, that they can make the playoffs, and Pickett's the guy to do it. Whereas if you play Pickett no matter what, there has to be a certain amount of letting go you logically should do with your hopes for this season, right? Absolutely. And if you do squeak into the playoffs, you, you, you don't have it. to announce that. It's right. just how it is. But I don't think they're accepting of that. And if you make other stupid decisions related to a season that can't be saved anyway, that could be damaging, not just in the short term either. Every decision should be made with an eye towards 2023, 2024, and the developing future. picket. Absolutely. If you happen into the playoffs on accident, that's just a happy accident. And guess what? Well, no, His development's faster than you thought it would be. It's not a happy accident because you get beat by 21 or 30 again like last year. So a devastating accident, but still, you'd yeah, be very yeah. you'd be very yeah. happy with the progression that no, he's shown no, you if you do that. No, you wouldn't because you get a worse draft pick. I mean, right. there, uh, one thing that, that Steeler fans need to understand, and maybe even the Steelers need to understand, nothing good can be had by making the playoffs this year. So wins and losses don't matter. You got to put Pickett back in there. I don't think that happens this week, though. I don't think Pickett even gets a hat this week. I think Rudolph's going to be the backup. Trubisky's going to start. Well, uh, Coach T, he said that if uh, that if Pickett's cleared for concussion protocol, he starts. Period. I just Point don't. Blank. See, I don't see him getting out of the protocol. The NFL and every team in the NFL is going to be tiptoeing around that protocol after what we've seen in the first. Even the Steelers. Even the Steelers. I know Heinz Ward would play. If, given, well, he's given, a real stealer. Given choice, a real man. Remember when he said that when Ben sat out because the concussion and Heinz said, if it's me, I'm playing? Yeah, it's very smart of him to say that. Yeah, yeah. what a great teammate Heinz was. <laughs> That's why Ben loved him so much. Uh, yeah, I agree. When, when you look at the Steelers quarterback situation, it's a matter of what your priorities are, not who the better quarterback is now. Because those two answers, like we just described, uh, could be at cross-purposes. Now, is it fair to say, though, that Mitch Trubisky's performance against Tampa is the best quarterbacking the Steelers got this year so far? Yes, he was phenomenal. 9 for 12, a buck 44, efficient and throwing the ball down the field, converting third and longs when you had to keep the ball or else Brady was going to put up at least three points and win the game. I didn't think he had it in him. It was probably one of the most shocking things I've seen so far in the Steelers season. I didn't think Canada had it in him, although I'd love to know who really made the decision to keep going for first downs on third and relatively long right. in that last, what was it, four and a half minutes where they just kept the ball and ended up kneeling the clock out because you're right, if Brady gets that ball back, yeah. they get three points, despite how bad Brady was. They get three points and they win the game. So the Steelers started throwing for the sticks instead of relying on the defense to win the game. Maybe that's because all the DBs were out. Maybe it's because they finally realized the defense isn't very good, even <laughs> if everybody is healthy. But at least the play calling in that last 430 showed recognition of situation. And it was good to see Mitch throw, show some confidence and actually execute the plays that were called and throw to primary targets down the middle of the field, deep down the field, instead of 
reading, not seeing anything, and then checking down. We also saw him use his legs to pick up a big nine yards, which is something he didn't do in his first three and a half games as the starter. One thing I will say about keeping Pickett the starter and Trubisky as the backup, I think Trubisky is a good backup. Probably uh, one uh, of the top tier ones in the league. Yeah, I think he, you know, prepares. Obviously, showed great preparation when he came in yes. against Tampa. I think Pickett's less likely to do that. I, I again, and I said this way back when. Once you went to Pickett, you couldn't go back. I still would be tempted by considering they're that they're two and four and only one game out of first place. That's but, a mirage, though. Yeah, you no, got to ignore that. But they don't think so. No, they don't. I guarantee they don't think so. But uh, but yeah, it, it, it's it was very difficult to go back. So uh, I'm not unhappy with the way it is. I think it's reasonable. Now, here's where it gets interesting. What if Trubisky plays and beats Miami? You still have to go back to Pickett if he gets cleared. But then thinking like they think, you're even more in the division race. Yeah, but that brings us to another topic that came up today. Well, actually, Jerry Dulac reported it. Like I said, Ron Cook uh, says that the reason Tomlin made the switch. Well, the words Cookie said were that, that Pickett, excuse me, Trubisky. Trubisky engaged in conduct on becoming a captain. I, I don't know any Steeler captains that haven't done that in the past, you know, decade or so. But um, maybe firing up a wide receiver who had his head up his ass is something that's becoming of a captain. That's yeah. something that maybe you should be. Well, seeing Deontay more. allegedly was mad about not getting the ball. I'm assuming Pickett said, "Well, then catch the ones that are thrown to you." Because Deontay, you mean, yeah. Uh, do I, I keep I keep confusing the two. I mean, they keep going back and forth and back and forth. It's but, hard uh, to keep them either track. that, or I'm just you know losing my mind, senile, whatever. <laughs> uh, yeah, Trubisky probably fired back at him, but uh, but why wouldn't you? And Absolutely. I I, I I doubt that Tomlin made the switch based on that, but I also think Tomlin effed up the whole quarterback situation. When, you know, he should have either gone to pick it to start the season or waited until after the bye, and there shouldn't have been anything to take him off uh, that course. And I think that was originally the intent, Tom. But I also think that when he saw that Jets game slipping away, yes. they always want to save this season. If he could have, he would have run out in the middle of the game and traded a first-round pick for Minka all over again. They always think the season can be saved. Yes, and I think in hindsight now, I know he talked a big game and lied about how, oh, we want to keep Mitch in there and we'll take pick it slowly, and Mitch has the longest leash you can have for a guy. We're not going to pull him at just a whim. That was all BS. He was really looking for a, a real excuse to make that switch. And I well, think he's that's, a liar. He and lies. I think Tomlin lies all the, all time. the time. But I think that proves your point true that they should have just started picking at the beginning of the season if that's the case. If you're going to look to put the kid in at a moment's notice, just start with him then. Like, if you're that confident in him, if you don't like Mitch that much, just start him. Yeah. I, what was John Lovitz's character's name on Saturday Night Live? The Chronic Liar or whatever it was? <laughs> no. That's before your time. They should have called him the Liabetic. That's that's what Mike Tomlin is. Uh, how about some of the heroes in this game? We talked about Trubisky. How about Devin Bush breaks up the two-point conversion that would have tied the game for Tampa. And, and Chase Claypool gets seven catches and, and some tough ones. Some traffic catches. Yes. Some important catches. Took a big advantage of Pat Fryermuth being out of the game, too, by being able to work the middle of the field. Like, those catches were probably in the space that he would have operated if he were healthy. Fryermuth, yeah. yeah. And yeah. Claypool had to step up, and he did. It's kind of pathetic they feel they can only use one big target at a time, though. <laughs> I know. There's a lot of things that are kind of pathetic about the Steelers' offense. But I, I give Claypool credit. And Massively. I, I, I wonder how Pickens and Deontay felt, because they kind of 
you know, slid back down the pain of mindless. Well, I think we know how Dante felt. Dante's always going to complain, isn't he? He's always going to be a complainer, and he's been slipping down the pain of mindless for a couple of weeks now. Uh, really, ever since they made the switch to Pickett, Pickett hasn't really gone to him as much as Trubisky was a little bit earlier in the season. Pickens is clearly Pickett's favorite target, and I hope... See, the thing with Claypool is, though, this was great, and it got a win, but... I want to see it next week, the week after that. Start to build off of it because we've seen flashes from him in the past and then it just evaporates for four weeks at a time. So it was great to see him do it one week, but talk to me after five weeks where he's really solid in four of them. Can the Steelers beat Miami? I think they can. Why? I think they can with Mitch Trubisky at quarterback. In a weird way, though, I don't think they can with Kenny Pickett at quarterback. Well, you see, that's that I've been saying it. Kenny Pickett's not played well. I mean, if you're putting him back in there, I get it because you're developing him and you're showing trust and reliance on, in him. But he's, his stats are crap. Uh, Tom, he has one touchdown yes. pass and four picks in eight quarters. That's crap. His quarterback rating, what is it, 67 or 87, something seven? It's crap. I mean, his stats are lousy. I can understand people saying why he should play, and part of me agrees with you know the, the, the terms you set, why he should play. But don't pretend he's played well. He hasn't right. played well. At his at his peaks, he's been average. Right. You've seen signs that tell you, okay, it's worth him being out there even though he kind of stinks right now because he looks calm in the pocket. He looks like he has a confidence about him. The arm looks NFL ready. Let's see if he can build week after week he's after gonna week. He's going to get better. Yeah, exactly. But, I mean, something that people are glossing over, too, I think, with this Buccaneers game is You've said it on your show yesterday, too, a thousand times. Oh, people are saying Pickett had the win, and then Trubisky just kind of came in and preserved it. Like, Which is just fiction. Pickett had like 64 yards Trubisky before he left the Trubisky is responsible game. for both their wins. Pick, Trubisky blew by the yardage that Pickett put up in about like five minutes of playing time when he got Oh, in. well, that Connor Hayward play was a fluke. Well, so what? He made the most of it. Also, veteran savvy to see Vita Vea struggling to get off the field. Let's get this snap off and get a free play. Now, uh... Uh, here, here's a, a topic I, I, I think will bear fruit. What Steelers are you tired of? Let me tell you a few Steelers I'm tired of. First off, Deontay Johnson. He's on number one on my list. He too. drops and he bitches. Uh, I just, you know, I think he's turning into AB, but not half as good. No, he's number one on my list as well. I mean, not half as nuts either, but. Not half as nuts, he, he's but. The, he's the dollar store AB. Oh, he, you'll hear that again. Let me write that down. <laughs> TJ Watt got big money. And has been injured afterwards, so you can question if the deal was worth it. But he performed his ass off after he got his big contract. Set the sack record, or at least tied the sack record. Minka, big money. He's been on fire this year since he got his big deal. Deontay Johnson gets his second deal. Steelers don't give second deals to wide receivers very often. He should consider himself lucky, and he's been crap ever since. Do you believe Tomlin benched Trubisky because the argument with Deontay Johnson? No, I think Tomlin was going to do that anyway. Here's, he was already going into that locker room at halftime saying eight's going to start. Here's the best way I can put it. I believe he would do that. I don't believe he did because Tomlin plays favorites. Can we put Tomlin on the list of Steelers that I'm getting a little tired of? Yeah, that's of? kind of where I'm leading with this, but I've been tired of him for, for the best part of a decade. You've been ahead of the curve on that one, yeah. But, I mean, it's just, you know, in the the speak in the press conferences, it really loses its luster when you're a crap football team. Well, I don't go. <laughs> I went when Cower did it. I respected Cower. I don't respect Tomlin. And that's fair because Tomlin doesn't respect the media at all. Well, the Tomlinisms play, too, when you're a 13-3 football team. You know, then that stuff's profound. But it just gets boring and repetitive when you're 2-5 and five and you suck. Uh, okay, so we're tired of Deontay. I'm tired of Najee Harris, too. I thought he showed real leadership and maturity in the preseason. But since then, it's always something. Now that we got the steel plate in the, in the shoe. Where do you put the steel plate in the shoe? 
Shouldn't that be an advantage too? You could use it as like a weapon. Like you'd be kicking people the through the Sheik holes. The Iron Sheik did that. <laughs> the Iron Sheik had a weight. He had those like pointy curled Arabian Nights type boots. And he had a weight that slid up into the toe of one, so he would like load the boot by banging his toe on the ring and then jamming in the guy's head. That's he what... would usually put the boot on the he'd like put his leg up and put the toe of the boot on the top turnbuckle and ram the guy's head into it. That's got to be worth like three or four extra yards. Just when you hit through the hole, just a defensive lineman, bang, hit him right in the ankle. He goes I, down. If I could, I'd get Najee the Sheik's boots. It's like you take these. I have no more use. One guy blocking for Najee. I'm sick and tired of is Kevin Dotson. I mean, dude, he's just, on my list. He's, he's on my list. Just getting his ass beat every week now, and he's clearly become the weakest link of the offensive line. Well, I mean, then the, whole, again, the left side is shaky. Then again, Kendrick Green. I mean, they wanted. It says a lot about Kevin Dotson that they wanted Kendrick Green to win the job. It's amazing though that Kevin Dotson did so well as a rookie came out of nowhere played you know relatively small college ball at Louisiana right. although he did start a bunch of games there which is so, worth something right well it was then maybe not now it is shocking that he had such a phenomenal rookie season and then he's just bleeped the bed ever since and um and you know now he's playing the victim with social media abuse you know welcome to my nightmare to quote Alice Cooper um now I'm not tired of Miles Jack cuz he's Played pretty well. He's like fifth in the league in tackles, too. But how about he said the whole world was counting us out? Yo, dude, A, the whole world was getting ready to watch Buffalo and Kansas City. <laughs> the Steelers game wasn't much more than a than a glorified pregame show. And B, half, most of the world thinks Miles Jack's still with Jacksonville. Like, if they turned on the Steelers game, they'd say, oh, they got that guy? We're not counting you out against the Colts this week. What are you talking about? We think Jacksonville's pretty good. <laughs> So, so those the Steelers I'm tired of. There's probably more. Well, Bush and Claypool were on this list until they woke up last week. Yeah, they week. still are, let's be honest. Yeah, but they get a they get a bye week from it, a little reprieve because of a good uh, effort. I could not. I, I was at um, at uh, Carson's Tavern in, in Scottsdale for a viewing party, uh, wallowing in, in Liverpool 1, Man City nil. How about that? Yeah, and uh, how about how about a family of Liverpool fans showed up? The, the soccer coach That's at awesome. Southmoreland High School and his three kids. The one kid was a Chelsea fan. But his dad made him wear a Liverpool shirt for the day. Okay, that's good parenting, right there. It is good parenting, and then, and then there was uh, there was like an eleven year old kid there who was with just another family, and he was a city fan. Oh, glorious! And I said to him afterwards, "I go, kid. Eventually, your team will buy everything many times over, just not today." And he had no idea what I was talking about. I saw a tweet, and that I you, gave him a hat. I saw a tweet you retweeted. Liverpool's kind of owned Man City recently. Yeah, but but well, our problem has always been that we occasionally slip it up. No, we not. We don't get upset like I mean Arsenal beat us three two this year and Arsenal's good. They're good this year. Yeah, they're good. But we like we like tie people. You don't lose them all the time. You tie the middle of the table. Yeah, we tie we tie our way into trouble and it's it's almost a tradition at this point. Okay, um, let's go to uh, to uh, five guys. You want to go to five guys? Yes, five guys. Uh, it, it is uh, you you defined it very good in your. Uh, in your text to me, what is it? It is shocking movie deaths. So deaths just kind of came out of nowhere in a movie. My first one, Marvin in Pulp Fiction. When John oh, Travolta's man, talking to the car. In the face. You shot Marvin? <laughs> and he's just, talk, he's just asking him the question, talking with the gun pointed right at his face. They hit a speed bump. Boom! Super Pop. 70. Remember, they, remember Marvin said, man, I ain't even got no opinion. And, and and Super Seventy Sports tweeted a picture of Marvin right before he got shot. Said, "What would Marvin's opinion have been had he not got shot in the face?" <laughs> so yeah, that that definitely came out of nowhere for sure. And it's like in the first like fifteen minutes of the movie too. Right. 
Like, they just had a big death scene, too, because they shoot up the kids that stole the money and had the briefcase. Uh, and and according to Hoyle Miracle, that, that, uh, that Travolta and Samuel L. did not get shot, as yes, I heard it exactly. said. Yes, exactly. So you're already on the downslope from the roller coaster. You think you're just going to get some nice little smooth dialogue for a little bit as they set something up, and bang! Marvin's dead. Okay, I, that's that's a strong start. What else you got? Have you ever seen the movie Burn After Reading with Brad Pitt and George Clooney, the no, Coen Brother film? No. Okay, well, Who gets killed? Ch- Chad Feldheimer which is Brad Pitt's character, is hiding in George Clooney's house. When he comes home, he's looking for stuff. He goes into his closet in his bedroom, and Clooney's just, like, going around. He's, like, peeking through the, like, blinds, and Clooney's getting dressed and stuff like that, and he goes to open the closet, and Brad Pitt just comes out with the biggest smile on his face. It's one of the comedically great smiles you'll ever see, and George Clooney just goes, ah, bang, shoots him right in the forehead. Brad Pitt? It's beautiful, yeah. How early in the movie was it? It's kind of late in the movie. Okay, It's got a nice little plot, but it's very surprising that he's dead. Did Brad Pitt's character got killed? Yes. Okay. You should see Burn After Reading. You like the Coen Brothers, right? Yes, I do. Yeah, you'd uh, like it, that movie. It's shocking I've not seen it. Good cast, too. So you, uh, John Malkovich is in it. How can you go wrong with John Malkovich? All right, number three, Sonny from The Godfather, James Kahn, when he hits the uh, the toll booth. Uh, the uh, Causeway. Yeah, The Causeway. The exactly. Causeway, yeah. Killed The Causeway. Yeah, I'm not, I wasn't surprised by that. The, the way it happened was shocking. That's what, like when I first saw the, the movie. The way he looked when, when The Godfather took him to the funeral parlor. Yeah, exactly. It was not unexpected that his character would die, per se, but the way that it happened was like, wow, that was out of nowhere. Because you thought he was just going to go back to kick his brother-in-law's ass again. You know, you know what's funny? How could anybody not think that, how could Carlo not think that that Carlo obviously set set Sonny up? And then, uh, in in remember, when the old man got shot... The uh, usual driver didn't show up, and Fredo had to drive him. Yes. And they traced that right to him, too, and, and killed him. Remember, that was the guy who, you know, uh, leave the gun, take the cannoli. Take the cannoli. But uh, what was that guy's name? No, I, I, I can't remember it. his name. Oh, I ain't going to see him no more. Uh, but, yeah, but uh, so it wasn't a shocking death, but it, was, it wasn't shocking that Sonny died. The, the manner, way he died The man, like a thousand bullets. Brutal as hell. I mean, he's outside of the car. He's like, ah, screaming as he's just getting lit up, flopping around. All right, the next two are the top of the list. Billy Costigan, The Departed, Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh, came out of nowhere. Came out of nowhere. You think he's the good guy, right? his head exploded like a melon. You think, oh, end of the movie, it gets resolved, good guy wins, undercover cop takes down the mob. Right. Bang. You think you're the only guy that uh, he had on the inside? And then Wahlberg kills... uh Kills Matt Damon. Yeah. It's kind of an afterthought. Less shocking because of how shocking that elevator. Every time an elevator door opens now, you got to think twice. Well, just about everybody died, too. I mean, Jack Nicholson died. Yeah. Martin Sheen died. Jack Nicholson died and looked like Jesus on the cross when he was spread out into the uh, the backhoe. Really, the only main character that didn't die was Mark Wahlberg. Was Mark Wahlberg. And even he disappeared from the movie. World needs more bartenders. He got suspended, right? That's why he got... No, he put in his papers. <laughs> Fine, two weeks. The world needs more bartenders. You're right, though. Mark Wahlberg's really the only main character that ends up alive at the end. The only and I, and the uh, the love interest of Matt right, Damon. Right, exactly. Okay, good call. That and that was shocking because, like, A came out of nowhere, B head exploded like a melon. Oh, it's crazy. And the last one, Danson and Highsmith and the other guys when they jump off the roof at the very beginning. When they, Mark, I saw that in theaters. My jaw was on the floor when they just keep going and going yeah, but it's and going, but it's so shocking. Because I'm thinking, I'm like, okay, Who them again? The Rock and Samuel L. Jackson. That's right, it was tremendous. Because I'm th- sitting here thinking, I'm like, oh, movie's called The Other Guys. These are obviously the rivals throughout the movie. They're the superhero cops. Will Ferrell and Mark Wahlberg are going to take them down. Nope, they're dead in 10 minutes. Aim for the bushes, and they just jump and splat. 
And the best is when they're at the funeral, Mark Wahlberg and Will Ferrell are talking about it, and they're like, there wasn't even like an awning or any grass anywhere. It's like, no, it makes no sense. There was nothing to break their fall. <laughs> okay, those are good. Now, I, I got a couple. Uh, now, but mine are more TV series. Okay. So so that gives a nice uh, nice change of pace. Um, number one is uh, Howard Hamm when a Better Call Saul. Never seen Better Call Saul. How could you not have seen Better Call Saul? Well, I've never seen Breaking Bad. Okay, you have to have watched every episode of both shows by next week so we can discuss. I don't know if there's enough time. Just do it, okay? Okay, I'll watch you, two at a time. You, you want this job, you'll do it. I'll watch two at a time. No, Howard Hamlin is like, I mean, you knew somebody was in trouble, but for uh, for uh, for Lalo to just walk up behind him and blow his head out right there in the living room of uh, uh, where Jimmy and Kim lived, it was just, I mean, it was just, you couldn't believe what you saw. These kind of deaths in movies and TV are the best way to go about it. I like it when it's the big surprise and not the slow build, like where you know it's coming. You might have known that character was going to die, like Sonny in The Godfather, but you really got to drop it on people's heads really like in a surprising, creative way. It's the best. Okay. Um, did you watch Ozark? No. I don't watch much TV, Mark. Uh, the very last scene in Ozark, the, the, the young kid blows the private investigator's head off. That's the end of the series. And that kid's from around here, right? He's from Pittsburgh. Yeah, Gartner kid. Yeah, Skylar Gartner. We're trying to get him on the show. And then here's one. If you didn't see, did you see The Sopranos? Parts of The Sopranos never went oh, through and watched it. Oh, God's sake. I told you, Mark, I don't watch much TV. I'm a movie guy and I watch a lot of sports. Philly, did you see Phil Leotardo get killed? One of the competing mob bosses? No. Uh, that was good because he, he, uh, his head got run over by a truck. Oh, that's a terrible way to die. He got shot and his head fell right into the path of a truck's wheel. Although... Do you think you just get squashed like a grape and just forget about, like you wouldn't feel anything? I, I think, it could go either way. I think the second you're dead, you're dead. Yeah, because you're just splat. Now, um, by the way, Polly was the show from The Godfather. Polly Walnuts, right? No, no, that's that's Sopranos, you idiot. Oh, okay. Polly, he was like, oh, Polly. See, I'm all over the place now. Oh, Polly, ain't going to see him no more. Okay, I got some I got some, to- uh, some top threes. Nice. Um, one, one is, this is cliche, top three living guitar players. Because I saw Michael Schenker, ex of UFO, currently the Michael Schenker group, Monday Night at Jurgles. Did he burn the house down as he, always? He was tremendous. He was tremendous. Uh, and he finally has a really good singer, Ronnie Romero. For his group. Yeah, for his group, yeah. I mean, Phil, for, for UFO, peerless. But yeah, Ronnie Romero was really good. Number one, uh, living guitarist, Jimmy Page from Led Zeppelin. No question about Naturally. that. Number two, I'm going with Schenker. Most people disagree. Now, three is like, it's tough. Maybe Slash from Guns N' Roses. Maybe Billy Gibbons from ZZ Top. Here's way off the list. Jake Kiska from uh, from Greta Van Fleet. I, I consider him for a young guy to be, you know, almost without peer. And shouldn't we include a young guy on on a rock and roll list at some point? Well, you say that all the time. It's a young kid's game. Now, now here's here's the uh, the two that people are probably out there thinking, what about Eric Clapton and Keith Richards? They can't play anymore. I've seen them play recently. I don't know what ha- especially Keith Richards. Keith Richards, can- well, I'm, actually, I'm pretty sure I know what happened with Keith Richards, but he just can't play. Yeah, what did you say? Like the, he plays all rhythm and a couple solos. Like That's the backing it. band really does a lot Ronnie of the heavy Wood. lifting. He does the a lot of the heavy player, lifting. He now. does all the heavy lifting right. for sure. But he'll come. Keith Richards will do what? One solo? You said he or? does "Sympathy for the Devil," which is one of his trademarks. Right. And I forget. I forget the other one. But it doesn't sound as good. Two. "Sympathy for the well, Devil." No, still it's is- fine. No, okay. but that's just that's that distance. That yeah. you know. And he still looks like Keith Richards, and he sings his two songs. So I'm not saying he, you know, right. is 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 incompetent. He just was like the Rolling Stones, whether it was Brian Jones and Keith or Mick Taylor and Keith, 
and ever since then, Ronnie Wood and Keith, it's always been this two-guitar partnership that just goes back and forth. It's not rehearsed. It's very organic. Now it's clearly totally rehearsed and not at all organic because of what's become a Keith. That's a shame. But like oh, you said, really. like really. you said, you saw it coming. Not really. Okay, here's another one, and you'll you'll have seen none of these either. So this is lost on you. Uh, yesterday was Michael McKean's birthday. Okay. He's in Best in Show. I've seen Michael McKean before. Okay, I don't have... I have top three Michael McKean roles. Okay. Okay, number one is Chuck McGill, Better Call Saul. And by the way, that was a shocking death as well. Uh, number two... In fact, I should make this number one, but David St. Hubbins from Spinal Tap. Okay, and by way of a practical question, are we going to do Stonehenge tomorrow night? Number three, his first role is significant. Lenny from Laverne and Shirley. Hello. And, and the other ones I come up with were Milo and Airheads. Did you see Airheads? Yeah, Adam Sandler. Okay, he was the station manager. Yeah. Um, and uh, the Price World representative, Mr. Walsh in Mystery Alaska. Oh, I love Mystery Alaska. Remember, remember that? Remember, remember, the, remember the fat lawyer before he dies asked him to say, "Did you say this? What sort of a bleep 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 bleepity bleep bleep town is this?" And he's like, "Up, up, up." So, uh, so yeah, uh, you can't talk enough. But some of my proudest accomplishments on Twitter, and I don't have many because it's a cesspool. <laughs> I, uh, I, I, I exchanged uh, replies with Michael McKean, exchanged replies with Eric Idle. Of Monty Python, and uh, when Wolverhampton, which is Robert Plant's favorite team, and he's on the board of directors. Yes. When Liverpool won the league in in nineteen in, in excuse me twenty twenty, um, uh, one reason we pulled away is because Wolves beat City twice. Okay, that season beat Man City twice, and after the second time, I tweeted like a graphic with the final score, and I said, "I am prepared to give Wolves every inch of my love." Like whole lot of love, and Robert Plant liked it. Did you tag him? In, you tagged him in the tweet. No, obviously. no, he found it and liked it. That's even more yeah. impressive yeah. that you didn't call it yeah. to his own attention, and right. he still found it and liked no, it. That's I, really good. I'm assuming he just goes over Wolves tweets because he's obsessed like I am. See, I've never had a cool celebrity do anything with me on Twitter, retweet or what about well, this? You have. So yeah, what about there? You go. You're doing this podcast with me, please. You should count your lucky stars. <laughs> um, okay, uh, let's let's talk a little Penguins before we before we wrap it up. Uh, uh, there are two wins, one overtime loss, but I still say you can't blow a 2-0 lead against a crappy team like Montreal. Yeah, that was upsetting to see because they've been lighting it up the first two games, and now you finally had a situation where, let's see if they can win the other way now. Two, when there's 10 minutes left, when, when you're up 2-1, can you hold on to this 2-1 lead until they pull their goalie and you get a cheap one, make it 3-1, to ice the game? And the fact that they couldn't do it is concerning to me. You know what's weird? And I'm not sure it's, it's any grand scheme. Sid's not taking so many draws as he was. Especially on the left side, right? He's still taking them. Is it an injury thing? Is it, I mean, a lack of confidence thing? I mean, I, it makes you wonder because it's so unusual for to see him do less of anything. Because on that left side in the power play, you've seen Gino take almost every single one, right? Yeah, and he's not good on draws, which is, again, part of what makes me wonder. I've seen Gensel take a draw or two a couple times on that side as well. Yeah, I mean, he was a center back when, but... But you don't want Gensel taking draws when Crosby's on the ice. Well, no, the point is why. Yeah. That's the question, why. But uh, it does stink because, uh, you know, their next game's at home against L.A. You figure that's winnable. You could have started 4-0 and before your trip to Western Canada, and then all you have to do is tread water. Yeah, you did get a point, so it's not like it's a, a terrible. Uh, it's not like you blew the lead in regulation and you walk out of there empty-handed. But I, you can't be disappointed with the start to the season, though, right? But here's the thing. It's not 2016 or 17. 
they're walking a much finer line. So I don't want to squander points. I mean, at any point, point. you know, like, you know, what if that's the point you don't get home ice with or don't win the division with or don't make the playoffs with? That's a good point. And I think I would have almost rather of them, like I said, seen them win a game like last night's where they kind of suffocate it, win two to one, low scoring affair, play tight defense. But that's what they won't do. They will not shut the game down when they have a lead. Like when it was two not to enter in a third, they should have been totally... Uh, concentrated on keeping it at 2 nothing, and instead they just played Penguins hockey, which is going to be their undoing, and has been in a lot of instances. You've said this on your show in the past couple of days. Malkins looked good to start the season. Yeah, though. I got two goals against Montreal. Two goals yeah. last night, but he played more responsibly as well. Well, and yeah. And looks a little faster, too. I've seen that fish before, Staggy. <laughs> uh, one other real quick thing before we're back on. Next Monday is Edmonton hosting Pittsburgh. McJesus. McJesus against Crosby. And, you know, I think Sid's in the discussion for second-best player. I, I think he's right there with McKinnon, Mc, uh, Austin Matthews. You know the names. Right. I just can't – I mean, you have to concede that to McDavid at least right now. At least right now. He – especially getting to the Western Conference Finals last year, he still has to win the Cup to really solidify everything for him in history. But – the fact that he was able to get out of the first round and win a couple of playoff series too, I think just it, it it just really makes you feel comfortable saying at the top of the world right now is that dude. What if he never wins the cup? He's not a top five player ever, right? I mean, he's going to score an astronomical amount of points. What so. if he What if he never wins the cup and becomes the third leading scorer, say, of all time? He'd just be the hockey's equivalent to Dan Marino, then, right? Just yeah. someone who just explodes the record books is considered an all-time great based on individual merit, but always has the caveat of never won the cup. What if Tomlin never wins another playoff game? That's, I'm serious. I think that's going to happen. I'd bet on that more than I'd bet on McJesus not getting a cup. Well, okay. Because McJesus could also whore himself out to Tomlin, another market. Tomlin will have will have gone six seasons after not making the playoffs this year without winning a playoff game. Okay. That's right. I don't think they'll make the playoffs next year, do you? I don't. Okay. I think 2024 is the earliest you see that. Now, he's never going to get fired. At what point does he quit because the team's in such rough shape that it's affecting his legacy? Back-to-back losing seasons, he's got to start thinking about it, right? Because that was the one thing he'd always hang his hat on. Well, he didn't hang his hat on, per se, but people would hang his, his hat His hat was for, on his behalf. Yes, that he never had a losing season, and that was going to be his legacy as he gets into the Hall of Fame, but... He has the back-to-back losing season, and that kind of, you know, you know, people don't really remember that as much because it's recency bias. You've sucked for the past two years. Then I think he'd start to think, is this really worth it? See, I wonder if he's ever going to get really blamed like he should and should be already. I also wonder if Kenny Pickett's ever going to get blamed no matter how he plays. Well, to the Tomlin point, he's not getting blamed at all anymore, and he barely got blamed after the Jets lost, or at least he didn't get blamed as much as he should have because he beat the Buccaneers. So now you turn on, you know, podcasts, radio, and everybody's like, "What a Tomlin win!" Right? Well, he always he's it, got it, the guys focused, Mark. They'll it, run through a wall for this but, guy. But it's like I said earlier, if he had them so up for the Tampa game, what what happened? Why to the are Jets you asleep game? in New York? Why yeah. are you asleep against the Patriots? Yeah. Well, at any rate, that is um, Tom Opperman. This is Mark Madden, unfiltered. You can bet now from anywhere, and in fact, as soon as you conclude listening to this podcast, I think you should bet now from anywhere, courtesy of Bet Rivers. Catch new episodes of Mark Madden Unfiltered every week, available on the Bet Rivers Network, betrivers.com, and wherever you find your podcasts.